0: on 2020 episode 178. have 2020 vision with ion 2020 your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election i am ray eaton and i will keep you up to date daily until november 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news thank you for joining me now let's clear our vision Hey everybody, what's up? It's Ray Eaton here. Thank you for joining me again for another week. This is your Monday show, and uh, over the weekend I did not do too much at all whatsoever. I watched some football on Saturday, and then Sunday we did a couple uh, things around the house and stuff, and then not much really happened. Oh, that's right, my wife plays on a kickball league as well. I'm the third base coach, so... Spent some time doing that, but then, you know, didn't do much. I kind of try to keep a little bit of an eye on the news and stuff just to see what was going on. And I do a lot of research on Sunday night just to see what's going on as well. And uh, that's what I found for you guys today. A bunch of news and uh, things that, that things that I thought were interesting that I wanted to bring you to you because I want to keep you guys up to date with all the news that's going on and all the happenings, right? But um, Saturday, man, I watched—I actually went to a— uh, South Carolina Gamecocks football game and they were playing a a Charleston Southern which is not a very good team and they ended up winning like 72 to uh 72 to 10 I think was the score we ended up leaving that through halftime because if you ever go to a football game and the team is just putting up points after you know points left and right it gets a little boring to watch and it's not you know definitely not too exciting to sit around and watch so we went there, started at noon, got left by about 1 or so, and went and drank at a bar and everything. It was pretty fun. Good day out there and all, but, uh, you know, that's what I do on Saturdays. I I really enjoy football. And the reason why I like f- college football so much is just the, the the fanfare that goes on when you're watching. There's like the, the fans are just a bunch of crazy college kids and stuff. And then you got the band playing in the background. Even when you're listening to it on TV, you can hear the They always mic up the band so you can hear what's going on with that as well. And it's just a little bit different to me than the NFL football, which is really... Uh, I don't know. Just it's it's a little played out in my opinion where there's just not the fans are, you know, big time fans and stuff, but I just think that the atmosphere on college football is always interesting and fun. Uh obviously there's always some political debates on whether these kids should get paid for it and all that. Uh I don't really get get caught up in all that hype and everything. I just I just go there for the go there watching and really enjoy it. I typically root for the Florida Gators if you don't know that already and Uh, I, but I, when I, when I'm in South Carolina and I'm going to a Gamecocks game, I always, you know, root for them as well, unless they're playing against the Gators, then I, then I don't, but it's the one place in the world where you can get away with, like, I can't, I can't walk around a libertarian shirt one day and then decide that I'm going to throw myself into a, uh, into a Democrat shirt the next day. Like, I'm not going to go from supporting, you know, a libertarian candidate to Bernie Sanders the next day and get away with it. Like that's in in football, I can do that. I can go there wearing gamecocks gear and no one's gonna no one's gonna criticize me if I walked around in gators gear either. They might look at me kind of funny, but they're not gonna criticize me. There's not a lot of no one's arguing back and forth except about you know there's like there's these little rivalries that go on and stuff, but no one's sitting there fighting constantly bickering, making memes and just uh, getting all worked up over your college football team because there's no there's no authority there's no power that they have over you but with politics it's completely different and that's why I enjoy on Saturdays just letting my mind at ease man and just uh enjoying some college football now I know a lot of libertarians are not huge sports fans I've I've heard that in the past but I know tons of libertarians that are huge sports fans as well so uh, if you want, if you don't mind me just talking about football for a few minutes on my show, this is my show, so I think I can do that, right? But hey guys, this is your Monday show, so thank you for joining me. If it's your first time listening to this show, the show is called ION 2020, and this is a place where I take a libertarian look at the 2020 election and all that's going on so that you don't have to. I take a look at the news and the related events, I look at the candidates, their policies, so that you don't have to sit there and do all that research on your own. If you want to, that's fine. But you'll know a libertarian stance on what these candidates are talking about. So if they have issues like Medicare for all and uh, free college education for everybody and re- you know forgiving all debts, you'll know where a libertarian stands on those things. So if you want to, you can actually check out the 175 some odd shows that I have beyond this one or before this one so that you can see what my take is on those issues as well i also do shows on all the candidates so you can see my take on them and then if you would like to you could check out the debate shows as well i'll be actually doing a debate show this week also because there's there'll be a debate on september 12th that'll be this coming thursday and i'll do a post debate show on thursday night and that'll be released on friday morning so if you if you enjoy politics if you enjoy listening to a libertarian take on politics well you found the right show so the best thing you can do now is to go ahead and subscribe to the show. That's what everyone's done. They subscribe to the show and they hear it, and uh, they like it. And the ones that like it a lot, what they do is they go ahead and give me a five-star rating and review. That's right, a five-star rating and review. I love it when I see those five-star ratings, and I love it when I see a review. I will often read those on the show as well. So if you don't, if you if you'd like to go ahead and do that, all right. And uh, and then if you like this show a lot. You can check out my website, iOnTheEmpire.com, and you can also find me Facebook and Twitter. And I also have a private Facebook group, and if you want to join that, the best way to do that is to become a supporter of the show. And you can support the show at anchor.fm slash iOn2020. And there we have like a 99 cent, a 4.99, and a 9.99 support level. So uh, at any of those levels, we'll go ahead and throw you into the uh, private Facebook group as well. All you gotta do is email me at Ray at I am the Empire let me know your Facebook name or whatever and you could go ahead and friend me and then at that point I'll get you into that private group but uh hey guys what I was talking what I was thinking about talking about today was um I was looking in the news and I don't know if you ever heard of ranked choice voting but that's what, kind of the first topic that I want to talk about today because you hear a lot about it in the news and what ranked top ranked choice voting is this it would allow you to go in and vote for whoever you want to. And then you could put your first choice, your second choice, your third choice, your fourth choice. I think you could put, uh, the ideas. you could put like four or five extra choices on there. So you could put, let's say your first choice is Gary Johnson in 2016. Your second choice is Hillary Clinton. Your third choice would be... Jill Stein, then your last choice would be Donald Trump, right? Or Mickey Mouse. You could even write in Mickey Mouse. You know, you could write in whoever you want to. And they'll count all those votes. And then what they do is if somebody gets 48%, another person gets 46%, another person gets 12%, another person gets 2%, then what they'll do is they'll take and they'll erase, they'll keep on going until they get somebody that has f- over 50% of the vote. Now, if one person gets over 50% of the vote right off the bat, then that person automatically wins. But So what they do is they'll go ahead and do the ranked choice voting. So the person gets 46%, 45%, 13%, 2%, whatever. They'll, they raise the 2% people, and they'll give their second choice. And then those 2% people that voted for, let's say, Jill Stein, their votes will go to whoever they put as their second choice. And then they'll keep on doing that. They'll go with the fourth-place person, the third-place person, and so forth on down until they finally find one person that gets 50% of the vote. And everyone's like, yeah, that's a great thing, because the, the way that they try to sell it is that you will never be throwing away your vote, because you could still vote for your number one, Gary Johnson, but then you could also put as your number two, Donald Trump. So you'll never feel like you're throwing away your vote. And... I got to thinking about it. I was, uh, I've always thought, wow, that, would be, that might be a good idea because then it'll make it so that the third parties could have a little bit more of a voice. But I, so I got to thinking about it, and I started reading this particular article, and I was like, that is not really what's going to happen. And let me break it down to you, okay? So Maine has decided that what they ended up doing is they passed a law for the 2016 election, I think it was, and what they did is they allowed ranked choice voting in congressional districts, and one particular candidate was the Republican, and he had. It says on the article I read forty six point four percent of the vote, and then the next person who won, or the next the Democrat had forty five point five percent of the vote, and then twenty three thousand ballots cast for were cast for independent candidates, they were redistributed, and then the Democrat ended up winning, right. So, in that situation, the Democrat ended up winning fifty point five percent of the vote, and he ended up winning against the Republican. But the Republican would have won otherwise. And I got to thinking about it, and I was like, all that's going to do is null and void, like the Gary Johnsons of the world's out there, or the third party. Like it's going to strengthen the two-party system as it is. It happened in that situation there. Where the Republican and the Democrat, yeah, they're going to always, in the world we live in now, they're going to get the majority of the vote. And But then you give them ranked choice voting, and then people might end up still voting for the Republican and the Democrat down the road. And they might get a few people that'll feel comfortable voting for the third party, but they're looking at it. No one will be, be able to be blamed as a spoiler because you put down your second choice as the Republican and the Democrat. Because everyone will. Like the, the liberals, they might put down a Jill Stein as their first choice for president and then Hillary Clinton as their second choice. But it null and void's Jill Stein at that point when they do the ranked choice voting because all those Jill Stein votes would go to Hillary Clinton and all those Gary Johnson votes, let's say 50% of them would go to Hillary Clinton another 50% would go to Donald Trump. Because libertarians sometimes are split down the middle based on how liberal they are or how conservative they are in their views. But w- what I got to thinking about was that a ranked choice voting system does not strengthen third parties at all. What we need to do in the third party like in this in this two-party system is break down the two-party system by bringing li- the libertarian message to more people. Like we need to strengthen the party itself. Keep getting this on all 50 ballots. Keep getting out there and getting more and more votes. Keep putting up great candidates that are going to educate people. As libertarians, we should be doing that. We should be trying to influence the Republicans and the Democrats towards putting up more libertarian-leaning candidates as well. But this ranked choice voting, all in Maine, what it did is it allowed all the third parties to be nulled out in those Those votes end up going to the Republicans or Democrats anyway. It strengthens the two-party system, and it might strengthen it more towards the liberals. I'm not sure how that would work. I'm not sure. I I really am. I'm not sure exactly how it would play out scientifically across the nation, but it seemed to me by looking at that particular article that under that system, it's going to make it so that Nolan voids a lot of these. Third parties, and I don't think that that's going to be a good system. A lot of states, like Florida, has enacted it, but they have not acted upon it. So, to me, I I don't know. I mean, the states are going to do whatever they want to, and that's fine. But we need to think about this this idea of ranked choice voting and realize that it's not going to be good for third parties at all. Um, That's the main thing. That's the first thing I wanted to talk to you guys about today. And uh, I found that particular article in usa today and then i started looking at it's just about the the main the state of maine enacting it so that in 2020 they're going to have ranked choice voting not only for congress but they're going to have it for the president of the united states as well and i don't know in my opinion i just don't know that that's going to be a benefit but each state can do what they want to in that way right that's us if we are willing to take away power from the federal government, we have to be willing to give some of that power to the states. And then you at your state level start fighting for more freedom at your state level and get them to pass that responsibility down to your city or your county. And then you start fighting at your county level. And then you start fighting at your city level and you start fighting at your community level. Then you can start fighting at your neighborhood association level if you want to, but we always fight for freedom at the national level so pass that down to the states. I, that the states can do what they want to. That is true. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with them about ch- passing ranked choice voting. But if it's coming to your state, I think that it would be something that you would wanna fight against because it's not gonna be what they sell it as. And what they sell it as is that it's gonna be better for third parties because it's not. It just nulls out the third parties because the two parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, still have the power, and we need to take that power away from them, or get them to start influ- or start influencing them to run more libertarian-leaning candidates, okay? So, next point that I wanted to make today, guys, is um, Joe Biden is still clearly the dominant factor in the, liber- or in the um, Democratic nomination on the national level, but a couple of polls came in from the early primary states. New Hampshire, Iowa, South Carolina... And here's how it goes. Oh, and Nevada also. Check this out. So nationally, Joe Biden, most recent ABC News poll, has him up by 10 on Bernie Sanders. So Biden 29, Sanders 19, Warren 18, Harris 7, Buttigieg is as low as 4. Wow, that's surprising. Yang at 3, O'Rourke at 3, Gabbard at 2. So that might get her into the next round of debates, not this one that's coming up. But then if you look at the Iowa caucus, and that's going to be the one that's going to be the most important uh, for these people to get the name recognition down the road, right? You got Iowa, Biden, 29, Sanders, 26, Warren, 7, Harris, 6, Buttigieg, 7, Klobuchar, 2. Biden's only winning by three points against Sanders. That's crazy, right? That's in Iowa. There is some ground to be made up by any of these people in Iowa. Did Sanders win? I think Sanders ended up winning in 2016 in Iowa, too. He has a good ground game, especially on those college campuses, and those are in the major cities, right? Those kids are going to get out there and vote. There's like a certain area of de- where the Democrats, or the Democrats get out there and campaign heavily in Iowa. It's in the capital city and in the college towns. And then like Des Moines, I think Des Moines is obviously the capital, but you have um, certain places in Iowa that the, that the Democrats get out there and campaign. And, and then the Republicans, they go all over the place, but they're not even going to be holding a a Republican caucus in Iowa, I don't think. Um, and I'll get to that later on in the show as well. So look at New Hampshire, though. This is crazy. So Sanders, 25 points, Biden, 26 points, Warren at 27 points. It's a dead heat in New Hampshire. Warren's from Massachusetts, Sanders is from Vermont, and then you got New Hampshire sitting up there, right? So it's a it's not surprising to me that Warren's so close and Sanders is so close. Biden is hanging in there, though, which is crazy. So that's a good thing for him. Um, but Sanders, is he going to be able to take over Warren or not? Now, if one of those two ended up getting out of the race, that would be the ticket to beating Joe Biden and really taking over. I mean, because they're getting what is that 20 that's 52 percent of the vote right there uh just by the fact that it's the two of them so but just between the two sanders and warren and then would any of those people go to biden possibly but those people are an ideological bunch man they they have their they have their views and then you got nevada biden up by two on or excuse me sanders bernie sanders up by two on joe biden wow They're an early voting state as well. Warren's at 18. So you got Biden 27, Sanders 29, Warren 18. And then South Carolina, Joe Biden is destroying them all. He's up by 25. He has 43% Sanders. So yeah, South Carolina um, is basically not a Democratic state, obviously. But those are the people in the state that really just want somebody who's going to be able to beat Donald Trump. So they're going to go for Joe Biden. So we'll see how that goes. That's, uh, to me, an interesting little poll that shows that Joe Biden really is not winning the way that he sounds like he is based on the on the national polls he's winning. But if you go to the early voting states, those are the ones that really matter. I've said that in the past as well. And then the last point that I got today is that Mark, Stan, Mark Sanford of um, South Carolina, he is the, the next congressman from South Carolina, as well as a uh, ex-governor from South Carolina, who who basically was called to be impeached as the governor back in 2009, I think it was, 2010, because he told his staff he was going to hike t- the Appalachian Trail and ended up going to Argentina to have an affair with some lady who he was in love with. His family supposedly knows about it and knew about it at the time. He ended up not stepping down but and getting kicked out of the office in an election bid, I think. But um he has decided to run for... Uh, President against Donald Trump for the Republican ticket, and this comes 24 hours or so that he announces it after South Carolina voted, that are not even going to have a primary in the state of South Carolina. So, in a lot of states, that the Republican parties are declining, declining to have a nomination as well uh, for the president. Like no one's going to go against Donald Trump because he's very popular among Republicans. He really is. I mean, in this state specifically, South Carolina, they love him. And, uh, it's across the board as well. He has like 88, 89% approval rating among Republicans. Um, he does some stuff that's crazy, you know, uh, and a lot of Republicans, they just turn their, turn their backs to it. People call them hypocrites all day. But, um, the reality is, is that he's popular because of the stuff that he's doing. And he does seem like he's more of a small governmentish kind of guy. But the thing that Mark Sanford says is that he is running because specifically he made references to this, the debt the deficit and government spending. He says that conservatives and Republicans need to get back to what being a Republican is, and that they've lost their way. And in that sense, it is true. Republicans and Democrats both do not talk anything about the debt or the deficit or government spending, and neither does Donald Trump. So maybe Mark Sanford has a has an idea out there to try to get Donald Trump to start talking about it as well by making it a key point of his campaign, right? And that would make Donald Trump to maybe have to talk about it. Or maybe Donald Trump just ignores it. Who knows? I mean, he has a few people running against him, uh, but it's not going to go anywhere. It's not a serious idea that these people are going to be running against Donald Trump. But I think it's personally, I personally think it's very good that these people would call him out on the debt and the deficit spending and so forth. Because if you watch the Democrats, they're never going to talk about it. They can't talk about it because they have too many spending issues that they want to do. They have too many measures that they want to take. that are going to increase your taxes, increase government spending, increase the debt. That's what they're going to do. So, I think that it's a good thing that he would get in there and talk about that. Maybe he'll get a platform for the next month or so, and maybe he'll be able to call Donald Trump out, and maybe Donald Trump will respond and say, screw it, that's it, you elect me, and I'll get rid of the debt and the deficit, and I will balance the budget by 2024, whatever, you know? Maybe it'll become a centerpiece of the conversation, who knows? But that would be a great thing, because I think that we are on a fiscal cliff, And we need to start reining in the government on the spending as well. So that's Mark Stanford. He's going to be running against Donald Trump, and he'll get some publicity here and there. And any time that Donald Trump does something bad, the news agencies will call him and get him on TV. He has a past to deal with and all that. Mark Stanford does. Uh, But Republicans have shown that they don't care too much about the past as long as the person has the right message and the right views and the right ideals as well um so we'll see how that goes but hey guys thank you for joining me on this monday i appreciate anyone that continues to listen to the show every single day i'll be back for you guys on this show for tuesday wednesday thursday and friday because i do a monday through friday show for you Uh, This is Ray Eaton, and I am the host of ION 2020. I just try to make sure that you guys have the news and the events for the 2020 election, and that's what I do every single day. So uh, follow me if you want to, iontheempire.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to the show, and then come on back tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. Hey guys, I'm excited to announce the new podcast I'm coming out with called First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. Now, if you're not a salesperson, then it might not be for you. But if you are a salesperson or if you know another salesperson, go ahead and direct them towards this show. It's going to be a show that is based upon helping somebody that's in their first year in sales or maybe even somebody that is in sales already and just wants to brush up on some of the sales skills that they need in order to be successful. I'm focusing on habits and also different Parts of the sales process in order to help people to become more successful in their sales job. So, like I said, if you know somebody that's in sales or if you yourself are in sales, go ahead and check out this podcast that's on all of your podcatchers, anything that you would listen to. And that is called First Year in Sales with Ray Ian.